Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, welcome everybody to the Inferno podcast focused on the Phoenix Suns. This is episode number 31, and we're here with our co-host, Dr. Patrick Batilla, a.k.a. Sun Superfan Mr. Orange, the legendary Seth Zabalas, uh, one-time NBA All-Star uh, from the Lakers and legendary Suns player. And I am Dana Scott, AZ Central beat writer for uh, about the Phoenix Suns. And I wanted to know, said two things. Did you see the BT Awards last night? Because Patrick, you were playing Section Seven, uh, Section Seven yesterday uh, at the State Farm Stadium. And also, did you see the article that I sent you about the greatest second round picks in Suns history, which I listed you in a part of? Uh, first question: No, I didn't. I didn't watch the the awards uh, ceremony. Uh, I might later on, but I uh, didn't. And and before you sent it to me, somebody else had already, two people actually had sent it to me. Uh, so I had already had checked it out. Great job. Yeah, thank you, man. Not because I was second, but it was just it was just a great <laughs> job. <laughs> There's no order of importance, man. <laughs> but, uh, no, not at all. Not at but all. But I put you, Jeff Hornacek, and uh, Richard Dumas in there, your former teammate from that 93 Suns team that went to the finals against the Bulls. And I uh, just have to give... Credit where it's due because the Suns had the 52nd pick in the second round of last Thursday's draft. So it was in lieu of that why I wrote that article uh, to show that there has been some value, very little, but some valuable pieces who have contributed to the Suns' success in the past. And you're one of them, man. So, I mean, sure. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> after the BET Awards, uh, it was really dope to see the get Death Squad get back together. Keith Murray, Redman, and uh, Eric Sermon perform individually on stage. But, of course, if you know hip-hop well, like you and I do, Death Squad was definitely in the building, and it was fun to watch that and Kid Capri on the tables uh, wow. getting it done with them. So, uh, But we're going to talk about the Suns' latest moves. Chris Paul, we spoke about him last week and traded to the Wizards, but he got traded again to a championship contender in the Golden State Warriors, his longtime rival team. Uh, for many teams that he's played with, he has had Steph Curry as one of his top rivals uh, throughout his career, but they've known each other for a long time, so it's all on the court. It's not off the court. But now they're going to be teammates, and we're going to discuss the Suns' latest moves in uh, they, about the Bradley Beal deal and free agency coming up this week, what's going to happen now that they're keeping DeAndre Ayton, according to reports that the Suns will not be trading him. A lot of credit to uh, a lot of people such as Arizona Sports, John Gambadoro, and to Chris Haynes for letting that news be known. And around the league, uh, for sure that it is a uh, consensus that DeAndre Ayton is staying put in his hometown of Phoenix via the Bahamas, where he is originally from. And we'll discuss uh, also what exactly this means for the Suns basically 
to have uh, the free agents that are coming in to work out, such as Jabari Parker, which was news as of Monday, the 26th today, uh, and uh, Chasen Randall, who the Suns had years ago through their, uh, I believe, didn't they have him with his, uh, when the Suns were thin at point guard in the 2018-19 season, or am I wrong? I'm not sure at all. I believe I believe they had him at one point. So I, I just want to back up and say that they definitely are looking for free agents, but they're going to be on Vetmans based on the fact that they're going to keep Aiton with his MAC contract for four years, $133 million, and Bradley Beal uh, for the $46.7 million he's owed uh, next season on his $251 million contract that he signed last offseason. Said you're shaking your head. Let me tell you. Uh, what I feel real quick about this, and then you can dive in, said. It's funny how they get rid of Chris Paul. They wanted to waive him because of the salary cap issues. Approaching the second apron without their fifth starter, with Aiton, uh, Beal, Booker, and Durant, accounting for $162 million. The, the, sal- the first apron is 169 then the salary, uh, basically, it's hard capped after you reach the second apron of $179 million. Uh, $179.5 million because you're $17.5 million over the second apron. Um, after, over the salary cap, sorry. Uh, so, and uh, the luxury tax is basically where the Suns are and deep in it, and they try to go under it. So then they get rid of Chris Paul to go to Washington. Then they bring in a guy who's worth more than Chris Paul's contract and basically hinders themselves from getting other talent to address the bench issues and the defense, which they had struggles with throughout the season and through the playoffs. They couldn't get past Denver. So what is your take on this, Sid? Well, first, they have to be politically correct when it comes to Chris Paul. Like I said before, uh, I knew this him and Coach uh, Williams was going to be exited if they didn't get back to the finals or win it all. Uh, I, I just thought that the, um, you know, the risk of, of, of reward, uh, you know, when I was in Dallas, uh, as a vice president, I talked to the, uh, Jordan, who just won a championship in Denver. And, uh, you know, and we talked old Lob City tales. And that was one of the tales. Like, you know, they, they he, Chris Paul had to guide and, if you don't do it like this way, I need you to be this here and this there. And it was just so structured when it came to him being a, the, the great point guard that he is. And, and those were some of the beefs that him and Blake Griffin had, you know, uh, you know, with him. And, and I see the same things with Aiden. I thought it, it really diminished uh, Aiden's ego. That's why, I'm, I, you know, you saw me do this when they said to keep Aiden because I just think he's very talented. I still think he's a top five center in this league. Uh, you did not you did not show up uh, for the Denver, but you're dealing with a guy who's the number one uh, center, the number one or number two, depending on how you debate center in the league, uh, and also playing excellent basketball for the last two and a half years. The Joker has just been unbelievable. So it's kind of hard to get anybody uh, uh, short of God to stop that guy. But um, I think they just was being politically correct and saying with the salary cap uh, uh, situation. And I just thought that, um, the activities uh, of, of of going up and down the court uh, is what they were more looking for, the more defensive presence. Uh, the li- they couldn't really say that, you know, Chris being a liability on the defensive end, 
you know, Frank being a great defensive coach and a champion, uh, I think that's what they want to come bring in. I think he needs active legs and 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 be able to do other things. Like I said, everybody always praises Chris uh, for his point guard skills and his directorial, you know, the way he conducts things on the court and, and his fourth quarter presence is, you know, man, I, I don't know anybody. I mean, you could put him up there with Stockton, maybe Magic, uh, as, as, but but not, not just winning the championship, but he can handle that. Uh, I think that's really, you know, I think it's going to be great. I, I love Bill. I always loved his game. I think there's going to be some more up and down. You're going to see a lot of a lot of excitement uh, from this guy, uh, Patrick. And I think that you have uh, the ability to to raise the dead, so to speak, out, out of Mr. Eight. Yeah, I said you hit it in the last pod just about can someone tap into that potential? And so while I don't think anyone has has been satisfied with the the level he's performed at consistently, uh, that's been my my beef, is what will having another coach for Aiton do? And, and that refresh, and I think this is it. You know, I think this year the Suns are like, hey, we're, we're going we're gonna to buy in. We're going to show you we value you. Um, as a number one pick that we made, and we're going to invest in you, and it's time for you to invest back in us. And so um, th- this is it uh, to me. Like, if he, if he doesn't come out and perform consistently for this season, I think uh, the Suns look aggressively to get him out. But what does that also do, obviously, that we'll talk about is is a free agency mix now. We, we don't have a lot of wiggle room, so everything – uh, that we do from here on out to complete that roster is going to be vet minimums and and that's about it. So um, you you talk about what is the dynamic going to look like? It's heavy with these these four key guys um, as we head into this season. So uh, definitely an opportunity for him. He's young. He's a great great young man. All about the energy. All about the hype. All about the fans. All about Phoenix. So um, all the cards are there. Um, and and hopefully this group uh, of coaching. Uh, staff are able to bring that out of him yeah and touching back on Chris Paul how you alluded to said that everybody loves Chris right but he's going to Golden State how is he going to fit obviously he left Phoenix in acrimonious form because of what he said in that New York Times interview and the way he found out through his son on Father's Day, his 14-year-old son that he was traded to the Washington Wizards, after he told Cam Cox from 12 News that he wanted to absolutely stay in Phoenix and continue his basketball career through retirement here. And so he said in that New York Times interview that uh, repeatedly that Matt and Isaiah had multiple, uh, he said multiple times that Matt and Isaiah uh, were basically behind the decision-making in the trade, which pretty much undermines James Jones's role as the GM. And so do you believe that Isaiah Thomas possibly could have been part of that decision-making of what's going on with Matt Ishbia, the new Suns owner, and getting Chris out of town? Okay, all right. Um, I know Isaiah. He's my big OG. Um and I'm gonna take out the outside look of it, like he's not my big OG, and, and just say I don't. I don't. Point guards are a different mentality. They, 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 they are are etched from a different type of stone. So I would not put it past Zeke uh, because of the point guard nature that he is. Uh, but I also would not think that he would do that uh, to another point guard. 
his career is over. His career is phenomenal. He's a Hall of Famer. He's going to be down as one of the greatest. Uh, I don't think he would try to, you know, influence Matt one way or the other. Now, on the other side, Matt played the point guard. <laughs> right. So maybe his point guard egotistical notions wanted Chris out. Uh, I, I'm not really sure. But my reasoning before when I thought Chris was going to leave is 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 because uh, he, he, he just the, the years here, he just could not get it done. He could not. I don't think I don't think he played as well as he wanted to play. Well, as he wanted to play, not me or the fans or the organization or Coach Monty, all that. I think well as he wanted to play. Uh, Health wise is a big part of that. Uh, um, you know, being up 2-0 against the Bucks plays a part in that. Uh, it, it just, it just never seemed to me on the outside. I'm not in the locker room that the the chemistry, him and Book, him and Aiden, and whoever they had on the court, uh, whether it's Mikael or it's Cam. It just didn't seem like it. It just didn't seem like a cohesiveness. It just seemed like Chris always was above everything else that was going on, and I, um, and maybe he thought he was the best player on the Suns, and maybe he needs to be in a situation where he's not thinking of himself as the best player on the Suns, and that could be Golden State, that could have been the Lakers, uh, it could have been the Clippers, uh, uh, so to speak. I, I know I, I didn't think he was going to stay in Washington because that's that automatically puts him in a situation where he's the best player on the court. And that's, you know, obviously Russell uh, Westbrook went through that. But, um, I, you know, it's tough. I don't know what he's going to do in Golden State or why even Golden State got him. Uh, maybe they want to relieve Chris, uh, excuse me, uh, Steph of his duties at point guard to make him be more of a threat at the two position. You know, I, um, where this mind is going, where Mike Dunleavy is going with this, I don't know. We have to wait and see it blossom out. Um, you have to play those two, but that makes them smaller. And it has already been dangerous at the small position. They won championships going small with Draymond Center, but will they be able to do that without Iguodala's brain work on the sideline and be able to come in and play just about any position for a short period of time to show somebody younger to come in? Uh, um, you know, is is Wiggy's um, family situation take care of? Well, he's just going, I love watching that kid play all the day long. Uh, great kid from Canada. I, I love watching him play. So he might take it to another level. But where do you put, you know, you, do you start him? Do you take him off the bench? If you start him as he's a point or he's not a two, he, he can't come off screen shooting like a two. Obviously, Curry is the greatest at doing that. Uh, so I don't, I, I just don't know where they're going with this. Maybe it's a ploy to get something else or Steve Kerr doing a favor, Dunleavy doing a favor. I, I, I just don't know how this blossoms into them. Um, making another run in championship. Maybe I just have to wait it out. Patrick, your beliefs on this? Yeah, you know, it's disappointing in the fact that I don't know why he would be commenting on that unless he has firsthand knowledge, which um, no one has seen or or had it proven. Um, it, it's just a little bit of a, I would say, a dent, like the way he's exiting Phoenix, um, because it's 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 not what I expected from him, to be honest. Um, is is just continue on. You know, you wanted to be here. There's a business side. You are a, a very tenured professional in the NBA. You get it. Uh, you know how the business side works. And so sometimes that doesn't fall in your favor uh, in terms of what you actually wanted. Um, and so, like I said, to me, it's just it's just a little disappointing that he he couldn't just continue. You know, move on. Uh, I'm with said. I I don't even know if he's gonna 
start the season in Golden State. I don't know what the end game is there. Um, I would be surprised if he does. And then what what is their their goal? Um, and and what do they see, you know, Chris Paul and the value he'll bring there? Um, it, you know, as I'm sure their aspirations are to make a championship run. But um, it was very interesting to me, you know, seeing that he got traded there. But um, the timing and, and the communication, I, I heard that, you know, the, the camps were in constant contact with, you know, Chris Paul throughout. Um, and so, you know, to, to have that be the way that, you know, he kind of went out. Um, it'll blow over, I'm sure. And, and you know, Chris will be remembered for, you know, what he did while he was here, which, of course, you know, brought us uh, back after a decade of uh, disappointment. And so for that, you know, extremely appreciative and grateful. But as said, called, you know, long before we even started the playoffs, this was uh, bound to be the, um, you know, exit based on how we ended the season. And uh, I don't think he should be surprised by that. He could be disappointed or, you know, sad that he's not where he wants to be. But, you know, again, the business side of of the organization and the NBA, that that's what happens. So um, I'll just be interested to see where does he start the season? And if it is Golden State, how, how that dynamic looks um, in terms of how they use him, uh, what is their goal um, in terms of, you know, utilizing him and, is it with Curry? How does that dynamic look? It's just very intriguing to me right now how it stands. And of course, uh, free agency is about to get very, very exciting. So uh, all of these teams will look very different here in the next couple of weeks. Patrick, yeah, you said something about the ba- the business of basketball, which got me thinking about Poole and Chris Paul making this exchange. And, it, and like you said, the, I always said that the problem was Draymond Poole thing was televised and it's really hard for a team to go on. That's why they were so terrible on the road because when you're on the road, that's when teams come together. So if this was a ploy to get rid of pool, I thought they did a great job. But now that you have Chris Paul, you know, because of the high contracts of both of those two individuals. uh, And I think Chris's expires next year. um, What was the ploy in in putting them together, uh, Dana? Yeah, I think there's two things here. One, I believe with Chris saying what he said about Ishbia and, and Isaiah is that obviously there's some sour grapes there upon leaving. It seems like when you get traded to a team that is not a contender, only won 22 games last season, and you say, I absolutely want to stay. And he said in the interview that he spoke to James Jones yesterday and so James Jones basically was obviously behind the negotiations with the Wizards to get Beal. And so for there's no uh, loyalty as it goes as far as the dollar lands in this, any business. And so with Chris, he knows that. He says that he pretty much understands that you nobody owes you anything in the NBA. But... The thing is, is that he still feels disappointed and he still understands that, you know, there are people who say one thing and do another. The Warriors just did it last week in which Mike Dunleavy in his introductory press conference as GM replacing Bob Myers said he wanted Jordan Poole for four years of his contract. And within three days later, he sent him to Washington. So that's the thing is that you got to understand this is my segue to the next topic about the exchange between Chris Paul uh, for Jordan Poole. I get why the Warriors did it, okay? 
they basically have to make a decision with Draymond's contract running out and not opting into his $27.5 million to test the free agent market and to possibly come back to Golden State after he tests the market. Jordan Poole is worth four years, $128 million. So, and you got Bradley Beal, who's off the books in Washington. I can see why they're like, okay, why don't we do a salary dump Golden State's point of view, do a salary dump and basically send Washington Jordan Poole, who's younger and he's entering his fourth year. And also he's got his contract kicking in for, you know, for 128 million, which is nearly half of what Bradley Beal was being paid, you know, as the contract he signed last year. So it's like, okay, we'll rebuild around this young kid and send Beal uh, to Phoenix. And basically that base, that helps out with Chris Paul, who is not going to get all his money. His trade value went up and he from 15 million guaranteed to 25 million guaranteed. And he's going to get his money upon the trade. And so they could sign Chris. Basically they could stretch that out or figure out they're, how they're going to pay him in Golden State while not having to worry about the Draymond versus Pool thing and worrying about having to pay Pool when you got to pay Steph, who signed a big extension, and you got Clay, who signed a huge extension, and you got to worry about Draymond to get him back on the books. So I see why they did it. It's just yeah. the fact that when you say things in a press conference, you're not going to be like Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers saying, you know, that, that Jimmy Garoppolo is definitely out the door. And they basically – not many coaches – or GMs are going to be up front like that. They're basically going to say what they have to say, just like Frank Vogel said in his introductory press conference earlier this month. Well, we want to start by building around the big guy, meaning Aiton, despite the fact that everybody knows that Aiton is on the table for trade talks. So it's not Vogel's decision. He's just the new guy in town. But it the Golden State scenario reminds me a lot of that who song, you know, I don't know the name, but it's just, the lyrics go, you know, here's the new boss, same as the old boss. And that's where Bob Myers getting replaced by Mike Dunleavy, pretty much they would have done the same thing, you know, in that scenario. I know they would have with Jordan Poole after what happened. And Bob Myers probably did not want to be the guy to make that decision to step out. I mean, that's why he stepped out and be like, you know, it's time to go. I've done what I can. I don't want to deal with this whole scenario. I'll let Mike handle it. And because Bob Myers for sure probably would have done the same thing that Mike Dunleavy did in shipping Jordan Poole out of town when that was their future in this city. And yeah, so and if and if and if Draymond doesn't sign and he leaves, you know, then you start the rebuilding process. Right. Uh, because you know, that's just the way it is. I mean, you got to honor the guy who's gotten them championships, who's played the way he's played and, and, and done what he's done. And I know, you know, and, and and because he's winning, you know, you put up with the Draymond scenarios. But when, when you get to a point where you're not winning, uh, that's when it's going to, you know, be that change. And and I thought I thought that he did a great job as GM and president and as his job. And and who knows what Mike Dunleavy is going to do. And, and, and I thought that Frank did exactly what he's supposed to do. You, you didn't have a bruised ego in KD or Booker, Chris Paul, or anybody else. You know, the the first project is to fix Aiden. 
And yeah. that's what he addressed. And, and and that was one of the things, even like I said before in the uh, previous podcast, you know, when I can't come to the games early, they asked me, how can we, how can we, how can we? I'm like, you know, I got a lot of things that I can add to the punch. Make Put me on staff and I'll do that. But I think one of the biggest things is, is just the ego. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's 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 been number one his whole career. Yeah. You know, now he has the fifth parking space like that. <laughs> yeah, I love how you make that metaphor yeah. of parking spaces. But my next question about this is are the Suns and Warriors in each other's way for a title? Chris Paul is in his short window to win in his 19th season. He said that on NBA Today with Malika Andrews in an interview today about how he's excited. And I think he's kind of like just saying that because he has to say it. But <laughs> what exactly do you feel, Patrick? We'll start with you uh, about the fact that the Suns obviously got Beal in a win championship now mentality. They only have so many guys that they can sign and bet men's right because of the contract situation across their big four. And then you got Golden State who has a very short window and all those their core threes in their mid-30s now. And Draymond, they don't know if he's going to come back. And now they got Chris Paul. Do you believe that the Suns and Warriors are possibly in each other's way towards that chip next season? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think uh, both have a different makeup, different mindset. You outlined a couple of pieces that could, you know, look like it's there. But I think the Warriors window is much... Um, later than the Phoenix Suns current makeup window. Um, I think Chris Paul's going to have the same issues we talked about as to why we didn't think he'd be here. And so the Golden State Warriors are going to have to manage that in a way um, that even managing, as we've seen, uh, may not result in him staying healthy throughout the playoffs. And so, um, you know, I think many fans in the NBA, I know I would love to see a Golden State uh, Phoenix Suns Western Conference final matchup. And so if we get that, I think that would be phenomenal. Um, but no, do I think they're they're going to stand in the way of each other? I don't think so at all. I think it'll be how how does a regular season shake out? How do they approach health? How do how healthy do the Suns stay? And then what do records look like, which is always the most intriguing. And you saw how dynamic it was you know, what seeds five or six for a while there through 12, 13 uh, in the West and and everything came down to the last game of the season, right? And how exciting that the seeding was. And so that is going to be a big part of how the postseason shakes out because, you know, it's all about matchups at that point. So um, until then, there, there's a long way to go. I think free agency for the Suns is going to be huge um, to show what is that bench depth or not look like. And I think that's going to say a lot about the Suns. And I think that's going to shape a lot of what happens before, you know, the, the trade deadline in December. And so there, there's going to be a whole lot of action here starting this week and over the next few months. And then uh, a whole lot more, in my opinion, as we approach that trade deadline that will then shape the conversations about who is going to look like a contender. Um, and then in, in each conference, who is going to, fight and battle uh, for that spot uh, to obviously get to the NBA finals. You know, what's interesting gentlemen is everybody's talking uh, Steph and CP. I'm, I'm more concerned if they signed Draymond on Draymond and CP Draymond. I mean, obviously was barking the whole time KD was there. And, uh, you know, obviously they have guarded each other and, and went to, you know, to battles against each other. So, you know, but, you know, one of his one of CP's trademarks is to be the most vocal and the and the point, you know, pointing you need to be here, this, that, and the other. And I just see Draymond going, hold up, 
we've already got championships. You haven't got one. <laughs> yeah. Now, I, I see that from day one. Like, yeah. you don't let's go go through what we do. What this is what we do because what you have done has not gotten you one of these or one or two of these or three of these. So I, I just see that that relationship is going to be the one more than anything if they do sign Draymond. And as far as the Suns and and um, uh, and, and Golden State going battle, and, and I, like I'm with you, Patrick. It's a different type of game. Uh, you know, the the, the fun. I, it's another. Here goes another one. I want to see the fun that Golden State's have when they playing and they're moving the ball and they're shooting. What are we going to get out of CP as far as the fun side? You know, he's not he's not the fun guy. He's not the, you know, the playful. He's not the shimmy, shimmy guy. You know, Clay Thompson will do this or or Draymond will bark, barking at the crowd and getting them fired up. Chris Paul is not that type of guy. So I don't know when they get rolling, is that going to, you know, are people going to look at him like, oh, you you know, we won, you know, again, we won championships this way. You're going to have to loosen up and have some fun. And that, because this is a long season, this is dragged on. Um, and then back to the free agency, I love Jabari Parker. I love Parker. Uh, and the fact that if he gets to sign with the Suns uh, after blowing his knee out the rookie year in at that time, uh, I think it was U.S. Airway Center or whatever they, they called it then, um, you know, it's just a cliche. I'm bringing him back, uh, not bringing him back, but that's where he blew it out his rookie year. And I, I thought that I think that he could play every position. So we have talked about who's going to play the point and who's this. I mean, Jabari can play just about every position offensively. Uh, I'm not sure defensively he can get down and guard Steph, but he can contain them until double teams come. And he could push Joel Embiid out until the double teams come too as well. So uh, it'll be interesting uh, if they do sign him because I, I, I'm a big fan of him. Yeah, Jabari hasn't played a game since the 21-22 season, and he only played about 12 for the Celtics. So uh, he didn't play at all last year. So not to say he can't play, but obviously he's a veteran now. Uh, you know, Duke guy, and he's going to contribute <laughs> some way. And I, I really, really try to do what I can to be. Yeah, he's still a Duke. He's a Duke guy. Like, oh man, <laughs> I'm a UNC dude, man. So, <laughs> but respect to Jabari Parker, man. I love the Chicago Ballers, man. I really do, you know. So, uh, but I, I just think that there's guys that like Stanley Johnson was another one in the mix uh, of mm. guys that they're working out. They do need another backup big. And so the guys like Jabari and Stanley Johnson could possibly be good contributors off the bench. If you give them, say, you know, 15 minutes or 10 minutes off the bench per game, they could come in and do some work. Now, that's all you really need to really come in and be efficient rather than expecting guys to play 23 minutes off of the bench and be major contributors. You really only need a handful of guys that can come in and how do you optimize a scenario like this similar to when the Lakers, when Vogel was there, he had a similar setup with a lot of vet minimum guys with Carmelo Anthony there. And, uh, you know, a couple of years ago during that 21, 22 season. And, you know, that was a year after that was two years after they won the title in the bubble, which of course the team was a lot younger. So no. tell me about, have you ever been in a scenario where you've been on teams with vet minimum guys figuring out how to play with stars on the front line? Uh, no, I, did, I, I I was leaving when they started the vet minimum. Uh, actually, that was, you know, part part of my departure. You know, that 
that's why I had to get out of the league because of the vet minimum. There was just no, you know, no space for us, all us veteran guys who could, you know, and at that time, a million dollars was a pretty good paycheck, yeah. uh, you know, for a year's worth of basketball, especially if you, you, you as a veteran, uh, you know, uh, let me go back to this free agency. And I'm, and I know that he had this guy before in Los Angeles just for a small spell, but I know y'all going to throw some tomatoes at me right now, but DeMarcus Cousins is still out there. And, I've been saying that name for a minute. And, 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 and people and, think and I'm bugging. Everybody, but, but please yeah, continue. And, I want to hear this. Yeah, if ever if everybody wanna, you know, you know, he kind of attituded himself out of the league. I, I, I just, you know, I if anything, at, at at that price, that caliber of player, you know, is will he disrupt Book Booker? No. Will he disrupt KD? No. You know, Bradley Bill? No, I don't think so. And they're also trying to woo John John um, Wall over. Wall? And I, I, I think that's great, you know. You um, saying John Wall or who? John, Yeah, John Wall. I guess he got waived or he got let go or something. Uh, and, yeah, from and the Bradley Bill. Yeah, Bradley Bill is reaching out to him and KD is reaching out to him. Yeah. And so I'm just saying DeMarcus has the just what you need. He, he can stretch the defense. He can work. Aiden every day in practice, show him some things. He, he only needs, like you said, 15 minutes. You know, uh, he he may he may show some blossoms of greatness and in, in, in a few games, maybe out of, out of 82 games, maybe 20 of those games are going to be his games. You go, man, that guy, he still got it. Uh, he he, ha uh, he stays healthy. He gets in shape. Um, I mean, obviously, he posts all these LA Fitness videos of you know, him doing things against guys like my age, but still, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I think once, you know, um, you know, once he goes, once he gets back in the element and he understands that role, I mean, you, you sometimes he's always in this bash mode. I, I just thought he, I just think it's a great move. I, I, I don't know him personally. Uh, I don't know how his attitude would, would disrupt the locker room or not. Um, I, I've been, I, I mean, I, I was teammates with Dennis Rodman. And if Dennis Rodman can't disrupt our locker room, Give Demarcus an opportunity. This was in Dallas. You're talking. This about. was in Dallas. Yeah. Yeah. And before I, I, I get Patrick his time to close this out for our pod for the day, I want to say that Demarcus Cousins reminds me or makes me feel like he is a social media era's Rick Mahorn. Is that a good metaphor? Or no. I think he's a little bit more talented than Rick Mahorn. No. No. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> of course. But you talk about the bully ball, though. Yes. 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 He he goes back to the old school where he likes to touch and touch other people. Uh, and put and be real physical, and and obviously the league doesn't want that. Uh, but I think he does bark a little bit too much. But you know, Draymond barks a little bit too much for me, and uh, he's been effective in winning championships doing that. So those Bama boys, man, that's how they do. You know, yeah. but, you know Barkley too, and you know, of course, Latrell Sprewell, and you know, the list goes on. Anyway, go ahead, Patrick. How you want to uh, close this out? Yeah, no, uh, just to piggyback off of that, what's said, to me, again, business perspective, is a risk worth the re reward, potential reward? I, I think the answer is yes. You're you're in a position as a Suns, you have to get creative. And with you only being able to sign vet minimums, what is the risk there? It's not a financial one, right? And if culturally you can keep it in check, and the one word I would use to describe him that 
I would love value added is toughness for the Suns. So if you need someone to get out there and send a message or you need somebody to set a tone, he is going to do that for your organization. So to me, we don't have that guy and we haven't, right? Jay Crowder was the closest thing to that and and we we didn't have it last year. And so to me, what's the, what's the again, the, the risk worth the reward? Absolutely, why not? Um, and it's not like you only have one spot you're trying to fill with that vet minimum. Uh, another name you had mentioned is Carmelo. It's like, man, just you retired a little bit too soon to where, uh, you know, bringing somebody in like that, that could just add that dynamic that, you know, him, his presence on the floor, you're still going to have to respect it. You can't neglect it and just focus on doubling any of the other guys that, you know, we have on the roster. And so, um, you know, th there's, th it's just, it's so interesting and and just getting the names out there and then seeing what happens and what, what sticks. Um, and I think Matt Ishbia has proven if it's anything since he came here is he will take risks and he will make moves. And so um, I would be surprised if, if one of these names is not one that, you know, just pops and, and either gets a time with the Suns or, you know, gets signed in, in some capacity or not. But I think, you know, said that would be great. And so I, I hope something like that comes because we still need that guy. Um, like you said, he's, I don't think he's on the level of Draymond a little too much for me. And as long as culturally, he's not an issue, which I think with the dynamic in the locker room we have, that would get checked. Um, and also I would hope he's matured, you know, over these last few years as well, just becoming more of an adult. And so, yeah, I'm all in on that. Yeah, I'm I'm all for cousins and I'm all for Boogie possibly joining us. I've been saying it for years. Yeah, as for aging big man veterans on a championship contender, think of Robert Parrish on that second three-peat Bulls squad, you know, in the late 90s, right? So he actually did win a title, even though the Chief is forever known as a Celtic. And John Sally. John Sally, John Sally yeah. He was on it too, on those that second three-peat squad. Of the Bulls with Jordan and Rodman and Pippen and you know Ron Harper and all these great you know names who were all stars in their heyday before they got hurt. Well, anyway, I want to thank you guys for doing the episode thirty-one with me, and thank you all for listening as well. And we'll have more on the Believe Network for episode thirty-two in the coming weeks, uh, or actually for next week, I should say, when we have more news about the Suns. Peace, y'all. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.